And then we will get started. Okay, looks like we're good. All right, so I want to welcome all the devotees <clears throat> that are on the call and thank you so much for tuning in live to support us. It's always wonderful to have <clears throat> a few a few people that we can smile at. So if you have, if you can leave your camera on, that would be great because that helps to get a little bit of um, yeah, energy from, from our from our group out there. So today we have um, a very lovely devotee that I am really excited to interview because she's somebody that I've talked to here and there on calls for the last couple of years. And I'm always thinking, boy, I'd really like to get to know her more better and learn more about her story. So Krishna fulfills all desires. So <laughs> I'm gonna read her short bio. And then we're going to turn things over to her. Um, Sargrahi Dasi was born in Poland in 1978. So you can all do the math to figure out how old she is. Well, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> she joined ISKCON in 1997, and she served in temples in Poland and Spain together with her first husband, Kopa Taru. After moving out of the temple, she and her husband, like millions of other Poles, traveled to different European countries for work. They came in contact with Guru Maharaj around 2009 and were initiated in 2011. Sargrahi has been drawing since her childhood. Her art combines folk art traditions with a modern twist. I like that. Um, since 2015, she has been married to Brigupad Das in Finland, where she lives with Sri Sadbuj Mahaprabhu, their daughter Radha, and their dog Rodo. <laughs> so nice, nice company. <laughs> yes, Radha. <laughs> I've seen him. I've seen him on the calls before. He's so cute. Guru Maharaj noticed him, which was very important to my daughter. <laughs> she was happy about it. <laughs> yes, that's a very important part of life. So I would like to start with just asking um, the question that growing up, was there any things that would have been clues or little hints that you might be taking to this spiritual path and doing something very different than just living your life like 99.9% .9 of the world lives. First, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> it is my favorite series in Sangha lectures, at least one of the favorites. So I'm happy and a little bit scared to I be here. Say, you have to be careful <laughs> because your husband's been doing a series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> we'll have to talk <laughs> yeah yeah so answering your question yeah i think it, it is always some little signs that quite often uh, sadakas are asking the same question why we are here it's usually comes to this question and maybe in the like young age i wasn't asking it 
it. My father was atheistic person, even though in the same time he was always criticizing God, in which he didn't believe. So it was kind of it was kind of mixed in him, I think. And my mom, she was Catholic, but she wasn't practicing uh, much. My grandmother maybe a little bit more. But my father was always like challenging all my aunties who were going to the church uh, about things. He liked it very much. And I was born also in communistic reality. It was still communistic time for many years of my childhood. So God wasn't so important and it was poor time. We, di we didn't have much. We didn't have choices of sweets, which you have now. We didn't like my color TV we've got when I was already quite big, maybe 50. No, no, maybe I was 10 actually. So I'm exaggerating a little bit. Like for example, we uh, I remember that there was uh, this oranges were coming once a year to Poland for Christmas. And it was always like announced on the TV that yes, the ship with the oranges arrived in the harbor, there will be oranges this year. And it was like one orange per person. Like my first banana I tried when I was 12 and I didn't like it, of course. But in the, in the same time, we, we had really beautiful childhood because not having all these toys, like I never had any Barbie or anything even similar to buy Barbie. I never had Lego. It was my dream to have Lego. Mm. And, uh, but we had such a, simple fans which were better like in the na nature we we just took the stick and we could play with the stick for like whole day and especially with my brother and my cousin we had this wonderful childhood uh, memories uh, with my grandparents we were going to the village and my father usually were busy in his workshop he was doing something with wood and we we just were wandering around in the forest like really that we had to get back, we needed like one and a half hours to get back home. It was so deep in the forest. We were meeting animals. We were playing in the puddles. It was like, really, when I was reading some Krishna stories, it was like, it was bringing back some memories, which were, it was so sweet. I, I, I liked it, it was so innocent. Therefore, it's perhaps it's so close for me, this, uh, this, this stories, this Lilas of Krishna. So, so my father was like that. And uh, so we had this wonderful childhood, but unfortunately in the same time, there was like, was like a shade, shade or shadow you say in English above us. We, we felt that there is some darkness going on and it was uh, my father and he was narcissistic, but he had like narcissistic and sociopath personality. So it was hard to live with him. You were always challenged, even though I was his favorite daughter and I always was like keeping with him. And I always felt this chosen one because this wonderful person is like treating me like a princess, but still he was like manipulating us. And in the end of the day, I, 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 I felt like I was cheated by the person I loved the most. And also in the same time, he was, studying psychology and uh, and he was learning these techniques of manipulation and he was showing off to me like how clever he is and I liked it because yeah that's my father and funny thing is that his best friend from that time uh, they were they were learning these things together uh, he started uh, one sect which unfortunately I don't remember the name of it in Poland and when I was already like a devotee uh, there was at least 
two or three devotees which I knew, they were like fascinated by this person, by my father's best friend from that time. So it was dangerous things which they, they were doing. And I remember there was some scandals in the newspapers about this person doing. And yeah, I just recognized him from the newspaper. So yeah, so, so my father was a person like that. And in the same time, he was very artistic. He was wor working as a, a higher officer in a jail, but he was he, he had this artistic side. Of, he had plenty of free time because he had this uh, quite high position, so he had plenty of, of time. And he, he liked art, he liked music, he liked uh, good classical novels, and he mm, kind of get me familiar with this beautiful, beautiful big ideas which you can find in art. And some connection with God, which he didn't know, but I, I loved because it's so much God in, a, in, especially in classical art, and so much big ideas which are connected with God. So this was good thing which I feel I got from him, even though there was this other dark side. And unfortunately, after many years, I kind of realized about this dark side of him, even though I saw him being, for example, violent with my mom and I have one memory and I was really young that time the, my sister wasn't born yet at that time so I was maybe seven maybe six he tried to kill my mom and I stopped him from doing it and it, it I didn't realize that time that this will leave some really deep scars in me like disturbance and anxieties I didn't realize at that time but and still in the same time, I was still like thinking, idolizing him, like thinking how, how he's like just not understood by others, you know. So like this kind of Hitler artist <laughs> who was not understood. So he started the Second World War. Yeah, now I'm, I can laugh about it, but it was yeah, it was many years of struggle with it. And uh, so, like I said, in that time it was like communistic country. So even in my really like early years we were learning religion uh, uh, but not in the school it was still by the church by nuns it was very sweet these nuns were really like inspired to teach us they were really like giving they, their heart to that they could be strict but in the same time you felt that they care about you and they care that in this this godless country there is not God, so they wanted you to have this connection. And I remember in that time that I liked to go to this religion. And, and also, uh, we all of us uh, in our family, we had communion, we, we were baptized, first communion, we were baptized and we had confirmation. But I kind of felt that this is more like uh, because of social reasons. So we kind of didn't feel excluded as a kids. But uh, when I was really small, I remember there was this, there is this tradition of having, I'm not sure how you call it in England, uh, in English, but it is, it is during the Advent, and Google Translator said that it is Advent down mass. So I don't know if you know it, like, it's very early in the morning for this uh, 40 days or whole month before, before Christmas. Uh, all us kids, very little kids, we were having these lanterns with candle. And before going to school, which was starting early in the morning at eight, like 6.30, we were going to the church with these lanterns. And it was, I was living in the block and it was so sweet and wonderful in this cold day in the darkness, 
all these little kids with these little lanterns were going to the same direction. Mm -hmm. It was like, I loved it. And also we had another tradition for one uh, month before Easter, uh, we had this, uh, this, we were praying rosary. That, so it was also very, very moving for me. We were singing also songs, some psalms, but also songs. We have plenty of devotional songs. And there is one about, because it's before Easter about Mary, Madonna that she knows what is going to happen to Jesus and how pain how, how much pain it gives her but still she lets this happen she's got no choice and she's so sad and I was like crying in the church a little bit hiding <laughs> but yeah I was very like emotional about these things I, I loved I loved everything what was like a big ideas I, I was idealistic kid because my father I didn't in that time still I didn't know I didn't understand the side of his, and he was putting this beautiful from world of art, these ideas into my head. So, so I was trying to grasp it whenever I could. It was even like we had this uh, procession for International Workers' Day on the 1st of May, and kids were making these flowers on the stick. So it was huge procession around the city. So it was kids uh, from school, it was workers from different uh, factories or, everyone big and small and we were walking for peace so I was also like so happy like I can work walk next to these grown-ups and I'm so important I'm fighting for peace I am 10 years old but I'm, so I, 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 I like these big things all the time uh, yeah so but unfortunately then I grew up and life got a little bit more complicated I started to have anxieties. Uh, I didn't know that I had perhaps depression already at the time, suicidal, uh, suicidal thoughts and mm. yeah, things like that. I couldn't, I felt like I am not in the right place. And uh, of course I, I learned in school many things about war, about war, about unfairness of war. So I was, asking this question was like getting bigger and bigger in me like what is this for why why it's so unfair why it's like some kids are being born with this cancer just living for four years and then they die in just pain and unfortunately like catholic uh, or christianity they, they couldn't answer my questions i i couldn't find it there it was i it, i was praying to god i was praying to jesus still even though i like, please give me the answer. I, I remember I was going to the cemeteries. My, my very close friend, he, he committed suicide. So I was going in the night usually to pray on his grave, like for him and for myself mostly, I think still. But I was praying, please, Jesus, just give me some sign, like where I should go, what should I do? And more or less in this time, I met devotees. I, I started to hear about them. I had friends. They were very artistic. They were musicians. They were... We had our own magazine out for our town. We were having poetry, some short novels there, so drawings. So we, we made it for free. We've got, yeah. And one friend, he was vegetarian, which was not so popular at that time. And it was very difficult in Poland to be vegetarian. And But he was always going to these musical festivals and he was saying, Krishna people will come there and they will feed me. So I heard already about them, that this is vegetarian, this is some Krishna, I don't know what it's about exactly, but I heard it. And then one day my brother actually, he got interested with it as well. He's one year younger than me. 
and he brought uh, two Krishna books, which he got from his priest who was teaching him in his high school. And I just opened it and I saw these pictures. I was a little bit ridiculing him because we were like fighting, thanks a little bit to manipulation of my father. We were like trying to be one better than, than the other. So well, there was some uh, yeah, fights like that going on, but he showed me these pictures and I just like, I couldn't believe it how beautiful they were because some of them, they were simple, but some of them, they were like, according to like, you know, classical beauty, they were like perfect. They were, especially if there was something of Jadurani and it was just like, and I didn't know who this person is, but I saw that he's having sweet, sweet, simple life, but so sweet and everyone is beautiful and happy and so colorful. And I was living in this really gray communist, post-communistic already Poland. So it was, yeah, it was something which touched me very much. And that time, more or less, I met uh, devotees, which because Indraduna Maharaj was already running the festival in Poland, which is really big and it, it is already like going on maybe for 40 years or maybe 30 something. And I met devotees and I got invitation and I went for the festival. I decided, okay, it's quite late. It's not in my town, it's far from me, but I will go anyway. I want to see what will happen. So I went for the festival and, and I loved everything. I loved Kirtan. I didn't know what I'm looking at. I didn't understand almost anything. I heard word karma and I heard word reincarnation which was very big for me because my father was connected a little bit with Zen meditation and also with some Oriental philosophy. He, he liked it. So I, I heard about it, but I never thought that you can think about word to be like that, like as philosophy of your life. I never understood that you can kind of have it in, in your life, reincarnation. I thought it more like kind of, yeah, gym for your intellect <laughs> to think about it. So I heard of all of it and I loved all the program, cultural pro program they did. And the best was that uh, I went to ask if they, where they having, where they staying. Well, yeah, I didn't know if they have temples. And the best thing is that first person I spoke to, it was Namarasana. She was that time mm -hmm. initiated by someone else and she was my first, <laughs> first connection. <laughs> and yeah, and yeah, I, I just, remembered her, her face because then later I met her a few times again so mm -hmm. I, I didn't like prasadam that time I really it was just too spicy it was too strange but I loved everything else and that time it, it this finished very late in the night and I I needed to call there was no mobiles it was 1997 so I called for my father to pick me up and, but I felt like he will destroy it for me if he will find out that they, he will say that they will brainwash me or something. I should be careful. So I immediately, I, I said to him that, yeah, it was my friend who wanted to see it. And you know what? This is so stupid. It's, you can see it's a sect. They, they are so like silly with all this clothes. Just, I, I kind of like felt I've got the treasure and I will protect it by attacking you. So you, you, you don't need to say anything. So you will not spoil it for me. So, so I did like that. And yeah, I, it worked. I tricked him a little bit. Yeah, and then somehow, because I was skipping school in that time, I was already having like anxieties. I was skipping school, but, and my grades were not so good, but still I managed to, to get uh, into the college. And yeah, and I was studying for one and a half years, but then I decided to move to the temple 
because I felt like I'm, yeah, I'm old <laughs> and I am losing my time. It's already, I lost like half of my life, so I need to move. So I moved to Krakow, to the temple in Krakow, and I met there, there were, were living uh, our sweet Braja Sundari, uh, and you would recognize her that time from her sweet smile, but she had this very long braid, really long, like the longest. I didn't see that, that long braid ever in my life. And so I was living with her in an ashram and it was really a good time for me to learn all the songs, to learn philosophy, like basic things there. I got- oh, so, so what did your father do when you went and moved into the temple? What was I name? lied to him. I lied to him <laughs> again. again. <laughs> yes, I lied you to him. You learned how to deal with a narcissist and yeah. sociopath. I knew how to deal with him already. That's, that's yeah. Yeah, I guess I started to know how to deal. I lied that <laughs> I am still studying. I just moved my subject. Like I moved from one university to another. And I was mm -hmm. thinking, okay, I will say like that for a few months and then we will see. And then after maybe three, four months, I said to him the truth and that I'm living in a temple. And he said, I am, I was suspecting that. But in this time, he was starting new life with another wife and another child. So he left us and yeah, so it was, yes. So he didn't have time to bother with me mm. at the moment, which was lucky for me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And how, how old were you at that time? What that was, was I think it was 1999 so I was 21 so yeah you were an adult by that time he yeah so he couldn't do sense. anything legal <laughs> anymore yeah yeah, yeah and it, in the temple I, I got seva in the kitchen even though I didn't have initiation but I was like helping in the kitchen and over there I met my first husband Kalpataru he was that time uh, his name was uh, Madhavendra Madhavendra Puri and Braja Sundari, she was Bhava Bhakti. And it was fun also because it was some other devotees who are our god siblings were living nearby and they were quite often coming to Krakow. It was uh, Nityangi and Premarnava. So they were, and Nityangi I knew even from before, from because I went a little bit uh, for a little bit to live. Uh, during the summer break, I went to Indraduna Maharaja's festival to live there for two months and like, also learn yeah so and then we kind of fast fell, uh, fell in love with Kalpataru and we kind of fast decided to move uh, to change ashram to get married he he proposed to me uh, very fast but we were still living for some time in a temple uh, but we moved maybe for after half year or one year I don't remember now uh, how long we were living there because we, we felt like we can't live on a temple kind of money and we wanted to be also independent. And we had really, really poor life in the sense of like from the economical point of view, it was, it was hard in Poland, especially that we didn't finish, uh, we didn't finish college. So of course it was hard to find job anyway. It was, yes, it was, it was difficult situation there, but we moved to his family they had really big house so we moved there and we were trying some businesses which were not working <laughs> but we had a really good sadhana for some for some time at least but and we were vi visiting some devotees here and there and then we moved to this 
uh, temple. Uh, I was I wasn't planning to say where it was because we had bad experience there, but <laughs> I said it in my bio. So yeah, in Spain, and there was beautiful deities there. It was they uh, even in Satsvarup Maharaj. He wrote in his diary. I remember it about Krishna there that he looks like king of elephants. And then I was thinking, why he's saying like that? How to how to understand this? And then when you you were looking at Krishna's uh, cows, they were really really fat, like like elephants' legs. But they were in the same times they were really like like in good shape and uh, harmonized with the rest of the body. So he was really beautiful. And Radharani over there, she she had the most beautiful eyes. We completely fell in love with the deity. So we lived there for one and a half years. I will not go into details because it's still so much to say, but we didn't have good experience there with the management, really bad experience, not only us, other people who were living there and we, we left the place. And unfortunately we were speaking with some sannyasis about it, about situation over there, but nobody seems to care. In this moment, of course, ISKCON was going through some problems already. There was there was read fix where uh, that time some uh, there was Harikesh Prabhu maybe two years before uh, he also left and there was Suhotra Maharaj had problems so there was plenty of problems especially around U European yatra so, so it was I on one hand I understood but on the other hand I, I I still felt like it wasn't fair it was so much like like such a big scarcity left in us like deep scars that we we put away our japas for like we stopped chanting we put away all the books for some time we we, we couldn't we we felt like how devotees can behave like that to other devotees mm -hmm. i will not go to the de de details I, I i'm fine already with it but yeah i will just not go there so um, ah and one funny thing was actually when we were living in that temple uh, we were we were again having seva in the kitchen. We were cooking for ditis and for the devotees, and uh, we were listening always to some bhajans, kirtans, etc., etc. And we've got instruction that from now on nobody can listen to Agni Deva Prabhu because he's listening from Tripurari Swami. So mm -hmm. it stayed in me, but we kind of we were rebel rebellious, so we were listening to him anyway. <laughs> like we we didn't follow this one. And uh, we got back to Poland, but it wasn't good in, for us economically there. And we started to travel and for from one place to another. And I was one some time ago, I was calculating that we were married for 15 years with Kalpataru and we started like 15 homes in, uh, in six different countries. So we were changing and changing all the time. We were always unhappy. We were always searching for for something and it was it was hard to only think which was kind of steady in our life it was krishna consciousness it was iskon temples because we were still that time uh, with, we were iskon devotees and i started to draw also that time because i i started the series which you can call i was calling it krishna domesticated so that you like it was this little girl and she was having this krishna doll and carrying it around everywhere in the house and then uh, then a little bit this Krishna changed into real friends. So he was size of the girl after some time. So I just kind of felt like you need to have this Krishna home <laughs> in this every day. He, he can play with you like ball or he can 
you can have a bath with you, like you can go and, you know, <laughs> jump and splash water and things like that. So I was drawing this kind of thing. Mm. But of course, ah, and in the same time, both our parents, I mean, both uh, his father and my mom died. So it was a little bit like a, this clash with the like real true face of, of this world with this Mrityu Loka, which Guru Maharaj was saying quite often, and it stayed in my heart, like he was saying about uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saying to Vishnu Priya that this word and this Leela is for us for crying. This is like saying goodbyes word. And I kind of, I felt like this is resonating with me. I didn't hear yet uh, Guru Maharaj's lectures, but this, like I catched it when I heard it for the first time. It was, it, and from this moment, I, I just realized why I'm wasting time for. And Kalpataru in that time started to be interested with other sanghas because, yeah, it was partially uh, the problems which were in ISKCON and answers we didn't get for the treatment we've got. And he started to be interested. We, we, were, li we were visiting sometimes Narayana Maharaja's temple. Uh, we had uh, Paramdvaiti Maharaj. We went for his mela as well in Hungary. No, and of course, Guru Maharaj. And, uh, and in the beginning, I was very skeptical. And we, had, we exchanged, uh, or Kalpataru, because my English wasn't so good that time yet, he exchanged letters with our ISKCON guru about Shidhar Maharaj situation, about Ritvik situation in ISKCON, and also that we wanted to take Shiksha from Guru Maharaj. And we've got really strange answers to it. Like a few years back, he was, he was fighting with Ritvik and Ritvik philosophy. And now he was like saying that, no, this is the only way. We, we are just bringing devotees to Prabhupada, but we were explaining, but we want to have our own Prabhupada. We, we, it's not enough and it's, it's not according to Tatva, etc. So after a few weeks of exchanging letters, uh, yeah, he said, he wrote to us that our relationship is over. You can do, you are free. You can do whatever you want. If you feel inspired there, that's the most important because you need to save yourself first. So we kind of appreciated that. And in the same time, it was Braja Sundari who also uh, joined Guru Maharaja's mission. And that was the thing which I kind of, I knew her, her steadiness, her, how serious she is. And I was feeling like, okay, I may not know some things, but if she is doing it, I'm following <laughs> because I knew there is some truth there. And then I started to read Sangha because still my English wasn't that good. And uh, language in Sangha was uh, quite easy. And I was like blown away from like Guru Maharaja's approach to this new topics which arrived and I didn't know what to think about it because I heard different things in ISKCON like, like about homosexuality, about position woman as a guru and fall from Vaikuntha. And I very much like the approach of Guru Maharaj, his like warm heart and really like including everyone. And also like this Vaikuntha thing, that was, that was thing which was coming back to me quite often with this why question, why we are here. Did we fall? Did he push us back? So we went there and we got back here. This is psychopathic kind of way. Like my father, it's like, it, it was very scary. So I, I, it was very important for me to hear all of that and to see that going on in this way. But unfortunately, 
Uh, no, we, we first, aha, yeah, there was one thing which I remember. We started to listen also uh, Famicol on Skype. And for me, it was like every week I was waiting for that, for being greeted by you and Karnamrita. It was always like the sweetest thing because you felt I never met you. I couldn't see you that time even on Skype, but you could hear in your voice like you so like really happy that we are there, you know, <laughs> some devotees, some really far in Poland. So that was that was beautiful for me. And I was thankful mm -hmm. and I was waiting for it every every week. And we you met were, Guru Mahal. Yes, yeah. you were steady back in the beginning and with those phone calls because we didn't have a very big group. I mean, maybe we'd get 10, 15 devotees at the most on yeah. those calls. Yeah, and, I remember. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that yeah, and that was impressive that you were getting <laughs> in Poland. It was a good yeah. time. So uh, like with the hour, it was a good hour. So <laughs> there was no excuses. No excuses. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah, and we met Guru Maharaj uh, like personally in 2011 in Poland, and we've got uh, that time both initiations. And it, yeah, and it wasn't that like when I met him, I wasn't sure. Like I was scared because, yeah, of my relationship with my father, it, it still like left. Are you sure that this is the person? But yeah, it worked out. It was, yeah, with the lectures there, it worked out perfectly but unfortunately i will i will jump a little bit like few years uh, because after few years of this traveling and changing like we were not so much with each other as well me and Alpataru, there was some like half year that we were living separately in different countries so we started to be more like friends than husband and wife and of course in that time uh, you, you need someone closer to you who will support you in different way, not as, only as a friend. So, so now I'm speaking about it in kind of like calm way and everything is fine. But of course, my world completely collapsed that time. He was like my best friend. We, we understood each other. We, we love the same things. We were from the same kind of background. So, and so, so much like 15 years together. Uh, so it, it was very heavy that time. But but we still friends. We really could. We can count on each other, and we are still in contact. And what I got, his family. We were living back and forth in his place so often. They are so close to me still, and so they they were visiting. Now it's COVID, so we couldn't. But they were visiting me here in Finland. They know Brigo, my ex mom in law. She she still behaves like she's my mom. So. And she likes Brico very much. So it's it's a beautiful thing. And one more thing which I got from Kalapataru, because he was always thinking for himself. And I admired that mm -hmm. very much. So he made me understand how unhealthy my relationship with my father was and that I should be careful with other relationships because I was easy to kind of be trusty to people I shouldn't. And that I should be careful to have this kind of healthy relationship with, with Guru. It's it's different with different persons. So he gave me that. And yeah, and that was that was huge gift, among other gifts I have from him. He's really wonderful person and very important person in my life. But yeah. of course, uh, yeah, yeah, after this, yeah. Yeah, it's just really 
um, unusual. I mean, there's, I've heard a few instances where after a breakup of a marriage that they're, the couple still stays close, but it's very, very mm -hmm. unusual. Yeah, of course, we had some moments when we were like, like trying to explain to each other that some things and it was explaining we, we maybe we were fighting in this moment. But then we explained to each other, we hurt each other, we, we console each other, and everything got back to yeah, friendship. So yeah, he, yeah, he, he's just an amazing person. I, it was always my good luck with people in my life. If, despite of my father, I was otherwise I was super lucky. Yeah. And of course, after this, this one thing I, I kind of understood about the relationships, but that many things in me from this childhood left inside me and still i'm struggling being 43 i think now so i'm still struggling and it's like i was checking uh, just because yeah in english it's a little bit different named i was checking some days back how you call it in english this long list of of um, how you would call it in english of leftovers from the really uh, unhealthy relationship with uh, with abusive from abusive relationship so i was like i could tick almost everything on the list yeah. Yeah. so it was it's it's plenty of it left but yeah. Uh, yeah like the one thing which is really like bothering me it's like i have this uh, it called it was called poor self regulation and for my sadhana that's <laughs> That's what I have really have to struggle with. It's like it's easy for me to be distracted if I'm getting upset. It's then ekadashi. Ekadashi can be really like challenging thing. And yes, it was hard <laughs> a few days back. And yeah, I have to admit I didn't follow that day <laughs> because we were traveling as well. That's an excuse, but yeah, I prefer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And the shame and guilt. And I've got problems with sleeping, with eating as well. When it's stressful, all these things are like, like yeah, they there. They they reminding me that you are still not healed. It's like a long process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the best thing was that I wrote about uh, about the situation with Kalpataru and me to Guru Maharaj, and immediately I got a response, like like almost immediately, come come to states. I will take care of you. Don't worry about anything. Come to States. And it was, I, I, I knew that I won't be able to do it. First of all, I didn't have money that time. And also uh, just a few years back, we were trying to get visa twice and we were refused twice. So I knew it will not work and especially not, not money, but I was planning that time. All right, I will not get visa, but there is Mado one. So I, will, I, will, I was living in London that time. I will stay in London. I will work hard. And I will move to Madhuvan, so yeah, idealistic. But in between, because I, I calculated I would need like half a year more or less to have enough. But in between, I started to write with uh, Brigu, <laughs> like messages. And and we were like lonely person, like Kalpataru started his life uh, quite soon with a, another very sweet devotee girl. And... And I, I didn't want to, I had this uh, in my head, this vision of my mom, who, even though my father was already in that time, before her, her death, he was already with third wife. 
she was still waiting for him. She wasn't going to any relationship. Her life was just this waiting, this, this bitterness, sadness, loneliness, sorrow. And I didn't want to do that. I, I was like thinking, I'm still not even 40 years old soon, but not yet. I still can have life. So therefore I was planning this. Okay, let's go to Marduvan. But then Brigo started to write uh, to me uh, letters. Uh, oh, I mean, I started to write to him first. So, and one word to another, he came for the date to London twice. So, and slowly all the puzzles pieces started to fall in place because it was, it was so unusual that people like us in this, after really long relationships, bo both of us, mm -hmm. and also in this more or less the same age, not so young anymore. And also we knew how difficult it is to find person like that only your same age but then it's like okay let's find vegetarian difficult okay let's try to find Vaishnava this is like impossible and person from your own Sangha this is like a miracle <laughs> so we decided like wow everything is working we like each other in, in, in like many ways and yeah we, we had similar understanding of course we, we were after some previous experiences so there were we knew that there will be work to do but we didn't want to lose time. We knew it's, uh, yeah, we are almost 40. It's, mm. And unfortunately that time uh, he was moving to Calcutta for his work. He was doing some research manuscripts for Hari Bhakti Vilasa. So he was moving there for half a year together with Radharani. And yeah, and I was in London, but he said, just come to Calcutta, live with us. It will be like new experience, fun. So, so I, I went there, he invited me. I didn't have money, so he got me a ticket. So yeah, it was like, yeah, proper adventure. I never been in India before as well. So I was a little bit scared, but it was just wonderful. It, of course, we had some problems because it's new, you need to change, you need to adjust yourself. But for me, was the most important thing was that he is Vaishnava and he's so steady and he's so serious about it, about so many things. He, he's worshipping Shadbuj, Goranga, and at that time he was worshipping him for more than 20 years every day. And, and, in this, and also in Calcutta, of course, we saw some places connected with Gaudiya uh, tradition, but we went, like, I've got also Radharani as my sweet little daughter there, which was challenging for me because I'm, I wasn't planning to have kids. Like with my childhood, like I was thinking, I, I'm not going to be good mother. And so mm -hmm. I wasn't planning anything like that, but she, she was so sweet that you, you couldn't not fall in love with her. Mm -hmm. And in the same time, she was going to school there. And in the same time, Brigu already for many years, he was taking Shiksha from Gopananda Bon Maharaj. And they were having uh, one temple there in Calcutta. So we were visiting the, them every Sunday, or almost every Sunday. And uh, they had another temple just on the other side of the street. They were building it up. So it was quite big temple, like a building was big, but very simple. And like devotees were sleeping on like, you could imagine like kusha grass mats, so thin and then like cement. And plenty of brahmacharis, which were there from like really childhood. Lit, uh, the temple room quite big, but did is everything very simple, but so beautiful, color, colorful. 
and you could see that all the energy is going around the deities. Like everything else, what they are having as a life, it's simple. And we, we went with them uh, as well to Vrindavan for Kartik for two weeks. And this was this time for me, it was like living in Chaitanya Charitamrita, for real. I was blown away because so many this Bengali Matajis came as well uh, as a, for pilgrimage. So there was like temple over there, which was very close to Madan Mohan Temple, which is my like dearest place. I always wanted to go there. So, and in this temple of, uh, in this ashram, uh, we were staying there. And all these devotees were just like serving, serving, serving. And there were like, a, there were some devotees which were like from the description of Chaitanya Charitamrita, which were like, like really loud, like this Avadhuta type, like one sannyasi was like that all the time. The, the other were like three brothers and they, they joined the mission like when they were really, really young. And they were three brothers and three of them sannyasis. One was managing the temple, this new temple in Kolkata. The, uh, the other was Pujari in Vrindavan. And the third one, he was like a Pandit. He was like a big hope. Uh, but unfortunately, like, I don't know, four years ago, he, he died. He had problems with, with Ramananda Bon Maharaj, his name was. So he had problems with kidneys. So he died. But And we also, we've got, because we were, of course, visiting all the holy places. And Gopananda Bon Maharaj was like a father figure for us. He, he Especially for Radha, he loved her. So he sent uh, just to guard us this huge devotee, Monotosh Prabhu, and he was everywhere with us. And there is this description when Mahaprabhu is visiting temples and there is this one devotee who is like protecting him. So he was protecting Radharani from others. So I've got this one picture in Nandagram when this huge Monotosh is holding this six years old little Radharani. She, she just gave her finger because he was so big. So it, it was just amazing. And the, the like, Kirtans were so rich, everything was so, it was really living. And one fun thing is in the ashram, in the temple, there is a room uh, of Bon Maharaj uh, in which he was staying. And under, uh, under this room, uh, there is an underground room uh, where Bon Maharaj uh, spent many years doing bhajan without without going out he stayed there for years and he was like it was it was like i went there down it was tiny room like two by two under the ground it was a little bit claustrophobic experience but also like very spiritual so it was it was amazing place to to visit to be there so yeah so that was my experience in india which was like the best like the best, really. <laughs> Even wow. though it was so loud, it's still the same Vrindavan. So loud and crazy. But somehow they managed to have this quietness in this tiny so, temple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how long you were all together? How long were you there in India? Over there, they were already living there for some time because Radharani was starting school earlier. But I was there with them for four months. So then I got back to Poland. I finished my like divorce arrangements with Kalpataru because you needed to do it in Poland. And I decided to move to, to, to Finland. And mm. uh, they were coming back in January and I joined them. And uh, here in Finland, I came with three boxes of stuff. I didn't have much <laughs> from previous marriage. So I, I came here with like like nothing and I got already so much from Rigo so it was like yeah winning some lottery for me for real 
spiritual lottery. And but only one thing, I it, it was unfair because I was thinking like, all right, so I will move to Finland. There is a bonus in it that I will I will I'll be with Brigu. He's so steady. It I will learn. I'll be like I'm going to be holy in like a few years. I am not, but yeah. But I was thinking like there are. Hari Priya, like the sweetest person in the world, I will have her association all the time. I, I also was very close that time with Tadiya, and of course, Kamalaksha and Krishangi. Mm. But then when I came there, I find out that Finland is so big that everyone is living so far from each other. Mm. And it's 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 huge country, and I think it's like only five millions of people living there here. So it's it's just very few devotees, and in our not so big town. It's even less. So mm -hmm. I felt a little bit like he didn't say about it. <laughs> he didn't tell you all the details about yes, how far exactly. you're going to be from the, your friends. He didn't yeah. want to spoil it. <laughs> yeah. But he, he, he made, made up uh, for that thing because he came with idea to, uh, to, to make uh, like in our house on every Wednesday, we're having Bhagavatam meetings. Uh, first, we had like, it was Bhagavad Gita, every week one chapter of Gita, uh, Kirtan, lecture, and Prasadam with local devotees, which is few, but very steady devotees. So they, they some are from ISKCON. Yeah, most of them are from ISKCON. So yeah, and sometimes visited us uh, some other devotees from Narayan Maharaj. Uh, yeah, so yeah, so, but it was less. But, and now we are doing, Bhagavatam and I may not remember it correctly because we are having summer break but I think we are already on seventh canto oh. one of the last of the uh, yeah uh, chapters nice. so we we getting close to the Jews yeah, <laughs> well that's really good so <clears throat> I've heard so many devotees talk about having Bhagavatam study groups and they usually get through like the first canto and then something happens where they kind of have a new group of people. So then they start yeah. over again. And I've heard devotees say, I've never gotten past the first canto. Yeah, yeah, I know this <laughs> so feeling. I don't know what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another thing which was very sweet, which Brigu did, he decided, which I, it was really out of my like comfort zone. Uh, because our house, it's it's not small, but it's not big enough to have many guests and for a long time. But he decided to invite uh, Gopananda Bon Maharaj to together with Sevaka to us for, and he stayed here for a little bit longer than two weeks in our house. And then we went to the country and we had like program every day with our devotees from here and some others came, and every single day. And it was so wonderful to have him here. Mm -hmm. He was like giving some tips uh, how to cook some things. He she corrects. Can you imagine that someone can correct Brigu <laughs> with Arati? But he did. <laughs> so he, he, there was some correction done. It was yeah, a few things we change and adjust. And one fun thing was that um, it was funny when he saw us, uh, we were brushing our teeth because we, it's just one toilet. So he was walking around, he heard some noise and he checked and we had this electric, electric uh, toothbrushes. Brushes. He was like, what 
how lazy you are that this is vibrating for you <laughs> and another day i was vacuuming and they were supposed to go go for a walk so i was thinking okay i will vacuum all over the house in that time they'd be gone but then when he saw that i'm taking out something some machine because he's like almost 100 years old so mm -hmm. he's he is in quite good shape still but he he's yeah quite old and then he started to see what i'm doing with it so for half an hour, he was following me everywhere to see how, how good the machine is. Then he just shake his hands and head and he was just like, wow, amazed by it. By it. So it, it was, yeah, it was wonderful to, to have this time with him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and one, one brought in a lot of, yeah. <clears throat> A lot of spiritual nectar into your life. It sounds like at different yeah. points that yeah. you know, getting to do that India trip and then getting sadhus coming and staying at your house and following yes. you around while you vacuum. I mean, that's that's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm totally like the luckiest. And also with Gopananda Bon Maharaj and like Gaudiya uh, devotees, uh, I I I realize one thing because I was struggling with the same question again and again, why we are here. And to some extent, karma and reincarnation answer it. Like, yeah, from mat material point of view, it, it was kind of, yeah, it was easy to understand. But um, with Gaudiya Mat, devotees there are really like loving Bhaktivinod. So this has helped me with a personal uh, problem, which was like, Philosophically, I could understand the Anadi Karma idea, uh, but emotionally, it doesn't satisfy me at all. So, Krishna putting us here in this world of suffering, it seems uh, so cruel, like he is some psychopath, <laughs> perhaps mm. like my father. So, I guess the problem was coming from there. So emotionally, this was very difficult for me for many years to accept. And I know uh, that... Um, other devotees uh, who, who had the same problem as me. So that, that's why I love Bhaktivinoda's teaching that uh, we made the choice ourselves. We choose to serve Krishna in this Srishti Lila here, accepting the difficulties of this service and the possibility that, may forget, that we may forget Krishna, which unfortunately is true. And I and of course I, I heard from Guru Maharaj that this might be just like a preaching tactic, but it was working for me for understanding all of this. So I, I could like harmonize it still. It may change, I may not need this later, but it was like a tool. So when I heard this teaching, a huge like load fell from my heart. So Krishna is not a psychopath. I am so thankful to my friends to have introduced me to this teaching of. Bhaktivinoda and also there was uh, this one thing that I, I kind of felt like there is this unfairness like of being here so it, therefore it was so heavy for me to do sadhana because I felt like if he is psychopath then it's unfair that I need to struggle all my way up back to him I mean I'm not putting anything like because there is no beginning into this anadi karma and etc so but this took away from me this unfairness because sadhana is difficult itself. So it was from this moment, it wasn't unfair. It was just difficult 
still mm-hmm. struggle, but so much healthier that it was, it was, yeah, I needed it. So, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's, it's really, it's, it's fascinating how, you know, that so many devotees have had issues with the philosophy and with Krishna mm. based on having some kind of trauma with their, yeah. their father or some some authoritarian authoritative person in their life that um yeah was less than ideal and yeah it's a real struggle to to see past that and be able yeah. to realize that yeah Krishna really he loves us and he's doing everything out of love but we yeah it's some things we just can't understand we can't grasp it and i and i completely agree with it that it is like that but when it's the same question is coming back to you and it's stopping your sadhana which happened to me like putting me to so much anxiety and depression that it's like i want to hear this i want it i needed to hear this kind of preaching and if it's mercy of bhaktivi not only like preaching strategy, I'm fine with it. Because I know that Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasvati Thakur, he had one one devotee, uh, he had one uh, disciple who was quite a rich person. He was, I don't know if he wasn't even older than him by age. Mm-hmm. And he was suffering with depression, like most of his family died and etc. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur knew him. So I was like, I was feeling, I read his story about him and he, he wrote once, uh, really beautiful offering to to Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur and it touched me very much so I kind of felt like yeah there there is like this connection with depression with these questions which are like perhaps were asked that time so it was out of the mercy let's give this answer like that works for me if it will mercy of this kind of devotee it works for me (laughs) exactly Um, yeah yeah, and, and because there just are things that don't make sense in this, mm. you know, according to, you know, the, our minds and, and our experiences in this world. And, and you know, it's something that we really have to take and just put up on a shelf until later. Yeah, until, yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, so it will come back later. It'll yeah. come back. It'll come. Yeah. yeah. And at some yeah. point, yeah, it'll be revealed to us. But yeah, there's just like, inconceivable you know and and because we don't understand spirit yet you know yeah a little bit but yeah yeah so it's um so hard to always understand krishna's i mean even to read krishna leela you know the krishna leave the you know the rajvasis for all those years and you know you, you see the but but being able to understand more and more about his intention and his yeah, yeah it's just a, a change it's a game changer you know so yeah definitely yeah thank you for sharing that because i think yeah it's it's okay to have our our struggles and our doubts with the philosophy mm. and um and if we don't feel that we can voice them and we hold them inside, then they can do so much more harm to us than when you know we we open up and start to Krishna when he he'll he'll send people, he'll send help to to yeah. help you be able to manage it and at some point resolve those issues. So this is exactly how I felt with the sending, like yeah, yeah. this yeah. constant prayer for the same 
answer to the same question over it. It was so deeply rooted in my like heart. So it, and I got yeah. it finally. And for years, this question is not coming back anymore. There are others. There are other <laughs> they ones, are much yeah. more serious. Yeah, <laughs> but, but that, that you know, it, in, it's interesting because, you know, the obstacles that devote, a lot of devotees have shared thus far on these um, interviews have been more, you know, more external things. And yeah. so the, in, this internal struggle, it's really nice to... Yeah, it's great to hear that you're having all this internal struggle. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like we said, but we're all having those internal struggles, but you were yeah, able to articulate it so well and, and share it. Yeah, because then we can share the way how we deal, dealt with it. Exactly. So it's, it's always, we can help each other. Exactly. So sometimes not because I was saying the same thing which helped me and to some of my friends, it didn't help because like Guru Maharaj is saying, it needs to be this teachable moment. And if you're not emotionally there, you, you still got some other things on the way, you will not hear it, you will not see it in the same way as I do. So, yeah, you need to wait sometimes. Yeah, right. To, right. Yeah, but this helped me a lot. And it was like this, this connection with Godi Amat and, and there is like new thing recently going on in my life, maybe like for, for last two years, I would say. And it is uh, partially, uh, not partially, completely, thanks to uh, Krishangi, that I started to listen to some lectures uh, of devotees of East, from ISKCON. Like there is this Wisdom of the Sages, they've got this yoga podcast. And of mm -hmm. course, Namarasa, I was listening even before he uh, did interview with Guru Maharaj. So I am a big fan. <laughs> And I know that the wisdom of the sages, I think Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu and Gopal Nandini, they are also listening because sometimes I'm seeing them there. And of course, Krishangi as well is there. So it's fun to see our group there yeah. and they, they are just wonderful. So I, I feel in this way, also I was listening to uh, Janavi was having on Wednesdays her kirtans and she was saying like sharing some words and with hearing this kind of discussion, I, I really feel like there is really healthy hope for like sanghas to cooperate that some things yeah you just need to forget some things there is there is place for forgiveness needs to be place for forgiveness and mm. carry on and it's and it's kind of interesting how different they they are this this groups like i heard some interview some from some uh, with someone with Narayan Maharaj. So they were speaking about saying completely same things, but the language was only different. And it was, it was so like, like it was putting you in different place. So you like you, you needed to challenge yourself a little bit to understand it differently. But it was enlivening. It, it it was like, like yeah, you 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 got a little bit more of explanation of it. And like Gopananda Bon Maharaj, when they were living here, he was giving initiation, for example to one devotee here and it was so much fun to see this little tiny differences in 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 sadhana they they very tiny it's just the way they chanting some things and how many of it and also some 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 things with this arati it was different as well so it is just, and there is sense behind it so it is just beautiful it is like you can just go for this nectar here and and there and still stay in your group because to be honest, it's like mm, my father said about one thing he said to me. 
uh, I mean, he said many things, but one thing he said, and uh, he didn't know how it will go because he said to me when I was quite young, that make sure that you are always like surrounded by people who are more wise than you, more intelligent than you, like in some way better. So you can grow with them. You will make sure that they will teach you. He was thinking about himself, that I should be always with him and always mm. clap to whatever he was saying. Mm. I guess partially he, he was saying that. But, but very to be good honest, advice. We, it is really good so advice. Good. Yes. It's so challenging. <laughs> <laughs> but it is challenging, you know, to, to live like with, with Brigu that you always feel that you're trying to catch up and you're mm -hmm. so much behind. Like Padmanabha Maharaj arrived in our lives like a few years back and he's giving such a like, she's younger than me. He's giving such a lectures and he's so dedicated to like Guru Maharaj. This is like just unbelievable. And it's like, it's one way that I've got this um, one thing which stayed in me from uh, having this relationship with my father, it was, that I'm worried and I'm uh, worried too much. I'm worrying too much. And also that I am scared of being abandoned. So this, sometimes I'm using this emotion to kind of, to run after the devotees, you know, like chanting a little bit more because I know how ahead all these devotees are. <laughs> so that just, I, and I know I want to be in this group. I know next life I can get another guru. Be, yeah, because it's like that. But I really want to be with this group. It's so it's so special. All the I've got so much support with with my drawings, like all over internet. Like like Bhakti Rasa, she's always so so like saying so so kind words. Sumati Haripriya, of course, like Krishangi Sakyarati, Shamananda. Uh, like so many devotees from South America, like Carolina and Annapurna and Mohini and Madan Mohan and you and your husband when he was still around us. It was, it's like, I, I'm just like so grateful. It's, it's just like winning lottery. It's, yeah, I just need to run <laughs> to catch up. <laughs> but I am in good company. So it's really, it's really good to feel like that. Instead of thinking, mm. I'm, I'm ahead of everybody and everybody's following me because I have the most to offer. Yeah. It's really, we should all feel what you're saying, you know, that I have, yeah. everyone's, <laughs> everyone's ahead of me and I'm just trying to keep up. And We see, should feel like that if we, we do something have, we with it. Because <laughs> I'm not always doing like my best, or at least the good <laughs> enough <laughs> but yeah but otherwise it's yeah it's good attitude <laughs> good attitude for sure so um, anything that you would like to to share just as a last um because we want to leave a little time for questions but um mm -hmm. like to be able to um get any advice that you would give devotees on the path of from your own experiences that you know just something to to, to leave them with, you know, the essence, the sargrahi hmm. of it all. Advice. Yeah, I think I would just say the same what my father said. Just try to be in good company mm. because you, you may not have enough strength yourself, but at least seeing others doing good things, you, you just want to be like them. You just like... Like, all right, should I eat more chips and watch something on Netflix when I'm drawing? 
or should I listen to lecture of Guru Maharaj? So yeah, you can get inspired and then you can listen to the three, to three lectures or yeah, do more one extra round or something. But yeah, so be around good people. And this, and this was the biggest mercy of Krishna that I got this advice quite early in my age. And I, from that person, but good advice, try to go for nectar. <laughs> it's absolutely, it's, it's, we make advancement by association and mm. good, good company. That's really, that is key. And yeah, um, yeah like Kumar says that if you're a Gyani, you don't have friends, you know? Yeah, yes. <laughs> but yeah. As, as devotees, yeah, that friendship is the way to make progress progress good good friendships so. that's for me the most important in krishna that this is this friend this krishna friend who is like the best you can imagine i had so many friends in my life who like in some ways betrayed me or didn't treat me well but with krishna i feel like he will take everything away you don't worry you did something wrong just just carry on carry on carry on don't have guilt don't 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 be ashamed just carry on carry on from the point you are just carry on so nice. yeah it was hard in the beginning to think like that but yeah but it's easier nice yeah, yeah. it's it's so important and not that, that that we don't you know feel badly when we behave in a way that's you know maybe not ideal but that we don't mm. beat ourselves up and stay in that and yeah that we can forgive ourselves that we have our our conditioning and our limitations and and be able mm. to keep keep moving forward yeah because it doesn't help to just yeah in our change is nothing we can just mm. yeah we can really stay stuck just feeling sorry for ourselves feeling bad about everything and yeah we won't we won't go very far doing that so yeah that's true <laughs> yeah so i'd like to to um turn this over to or is there anything else that you you wanted to say before i i asked mm, that was really nothing good. comes to my mind anymore okay, <laughs> I'm okay. Well, kind of happy so that it's over yeah <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much yeah it's so wonderful to hear your whole story you know, just in, you know these little bits and pieces of it and uh, put the whole, yeah. whole puzzle together well thank you again for inviting me it's yeah, yeah thank you so it's much it's one of the wonderful things i like have to tick off like i did it i've been in the interviews of Archana. yes <laughs> yes yes you you did it and even though you were really nervous about it you could have just said no like some people have um you know pamanava swami was here for a while visiting and we were you know he'd be telling giving me suggestions of who to invite onto the call and I would say oh, this you know this devotee doesn't want to do it they just feel they can't and he would say they have to get out of their comfort zone you have to tell them that get out of your comfort yeah, zone yeah that's what exactly I was thinking yeah I will cry after this I will just lie down and I will think oh Jesus I said so many things which I shouldn't I wanted to say it differently but yeah, I did it for Maharaj. Yeah, you did it. <laughs> Everything that came out was perfect, just what it was supposed yeah. to be. And yeah, don't, yeah. I so, hope I wasn't speaking too fast for the. We can ask the He didn't. He didn't. Uh, he didn't stop. Stop yeah. us. 
either we were talking too fast and he couldn't stop us or all right <laughs> or good luck yeah Oh, oh, we had, we had, we had both interpreters speaking at the same time. <laughs> no, finish it now. We'll have Kurvakia talk. Well, well, he wants to say something, so go ahead, Kurvakia. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 So, Guru, <laughs> let me let me just uh, translate for the devotees that are um, on Facebook. And um, so, Guru Bhakti was saying that um, he 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 never can translate a hundred percent, and he's always trying to catch up. So. He, but I'm sure he did a good job. I'm, I'm sure he did. He's I'm like, sure he, of it. I think he's a per perfectionist. I have. Like I heard his feeling. translations. I checked him a few times during Guru Maharaja's lecture, and he's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's some tiny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's. So courage. So courage. Okay. Now, now we can. Yes, hear we can uh, hear. Yes. I. <laughs> <laughs> I had notes here, you know, so I was following. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thank you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you so Kurva was sharing that um, he he was able to understand everything that Sargurat Grahi was saying and he really appreciated um, her sharing and her honesty and her depth. So that was the basic takeaway. So um, <laughs> so should we go? We have, I don't know, we have a comment in the, mm -hmm. uh, in this, this uh, uh, Thank, thank you, you very much Annapurna Devi you are such an inspiration and like I'm always so happy when you're sharing my pictures it's just I really appreciate it thank you very much <laughs> so uh, does anybody who's on the call um, have a question if you if you do you could unmute yourself and share your question and if you Okay, sure, sure. <laughs> 
Okay, so let, let, let me repeat that for the um, devotees who wouldn't be, didn't hear it. So um, the question is how to connect favorably um, with her inner nature as an artist with, the, I guess, the practicalities of being able to make it a financial Life, yeah. lifestyle and career. Yeah. I would like to know that <laughs> because to be honest, I never lived of my art. I, I never, I had some income when I was, I had my company here in Finland for one year, but it never covered my like expenses. So it's one thing, one, I think Krishangi said that, 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 yeah, it, it's hard to sell devotional things. Even for her, she's writing such a, and drawing such a beautiful books and, and I think they also not getting much money out of it. So unfortunately, yeah, if I wouldn't have my patron husband, I wouldn't be able to carry on with it. So yeah, I, I unfortunately I really don't know. I will start now because I'm I'm starting to work in August in in kindergarten here in Finland. Yeah, so I will in the same time I will try to recreate my company again and. I will try this. Uh, there's one website which is called Redbubble, and then you can sell your prints, and they will send it somewhere. So you don't need to print things in advancement. So there is no big expenses mm -hmm. for you. So I, I will try to do that, and then I can I can uh, try to answer if this was working for me. But yeah, I am not so sure how 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 this will work. And yeah, I, I truly don't know answer to this question. It's yeah, I I never. I knew from the beginning that I will not make money out of it, but I was always wanted to kind of, for me, it was difficult. Like I was reading Chaitanya Charitamrita and Guru Mahar and I was listening to Guru Maharaj's lectures and there is so many personas there, so many names, they're so similar. Some names are just the same, just the end is different. One is Adhikari, the other is something else, Takur. And then they are, one is from Katwa, the other is related from the one who is in South India and it's so many of them. And, and I was lost in it for many years. And now it's a little bit better because I started to read about it more like more often and make pictures for, for it, just to connect person with the situation, to put to some picture all Lila or parts of it. So then I will connect this. So I was never doing, I was doing this always. I was thinking this is my Seva because I always felt like I am not from my childhood, like I am not good enough. So I don't have much to offer. So at least this I will do. It's not so perfect, but I will do that. I will just carry on. I'm doing this also a little bit for myself because there is no many pictures like that, which would be like so detailed with, with especially with uh, Chaitanya Lila, yeah, Gaura Lila. So it's, yeah, so that was, I was from the beginning, I was realistic. I'm very realistic for me. It's hard to dream. I, I am not dreaming about these things. I, I know that for everything you have to kind of work. So so I wasn't dreaming that, oh, I will make this book and this and I'd be famous like like Shamarani or <laughs> someone like that. So no, I yeah, I knew kind of, yeah, I was always down to earth. <laughs> so I'm sorry, I can't give an answer to that. Well, you did give an answer. You just have to find a patron and marry them. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And he loves art, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway, yeah, no, Krishna made the arrangement that you could do your artwork and not be a starving artist out on the street. Mm. So, which yeah. he would never, Krishna always takes care of his devotees. So that's how he took care of you. And that, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I yeah. see it this way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anybody else have a question? Thank you, Vrajahari Prabhu. <laughs> You have any other? I see some smiling faces up there, but no questions. <laughs> Go That's, that's fine. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> well, you did great. And I guess we can kind of wrap it up then if we're, we're, we're done. And uh, again, thank you so much. And um, thank you. Let's see. Next week. Um, the interview will be with Kanaram Das. Wow. Yeah. So wow. we'll look forward to hearing from our paramedic devotee. He's going to just marry. Have a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of good things to share with us. Yeah. And, um, yes. And thank you, all of you that, that are on the call. It's, it is just wonderful to have so many devotees getting on and supporting these interviews. So. So thank you. And again, thank you so much to our two interpreters to make this available much. to devotees in, from other countries. That's such a, a wonderful service. Gracias, so, Akrura. Jenki, Guru Vakya. <laughs> so we'll see everybody on soon. We'll, we'll, we've got lots of nectar and lots of nectar coming up next month with all the festivals and we'll have some special classes with Guru Maharaj next month so a lot to look forward to. Hare Krishna Hare Jai.